I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. This is Once Upon a Gene, and I am your host, Effie Parks. My guest today is a young woman living with multiple rare diseases. Her website is called chroniclysurviving.com, and it's a place she created to share her story and to find others like her. She said something on her website that I loved. She said, I want to tell you my story, share my wildly particular life. I want to do this to find you, find the others that are like me, and to get to know you, to hear your story so you can be seen too. That's something I can definitely relate to as it's the entire reason I started this podcast. Her platform isn't just for community and connection. The second part of her website and her business is offering services as a yoga instructor and various other types of healing practices. This isn't just any yoga, the one size fits all kind that we've all gone to. She tailors it to be accessible for the disability community. Her story is really beautiful in so many ways. She's so courageous and has actively created space for herself. Breaking family systems and societal systems to find your own path takes a lot of guts, especially when you're living with chronic illness and mental health conditions. She's just getting started and she's on a mission. I'm going to let her tell you that story. Here's my conversation with the beautiful Marcel Longlade. Hi, Marcel. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. We were connected through our friend Anna Laurent, who joined me on episode 36 from our Odyssey, correct? Yeah, that's right. We've been connected through our Odyssey uh, meetups, and uh, she's just a wonderful person. Yes, she is. If you haven't listened to that episode, oh my gosh, go listen to it. You'll laugh out loud. Every time I even think about it, my cheeks get all hard and makes me laugh. She's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I listened to it and it was such a good episode for sure. I was laughing too, but I I was also kind of a little bit weepy at times Same. as well. And yeah, I, she made I, me I cry that. in that episode. <laughs> it happens a lot, but okay. Well, can you tell me about your background there and how you became involved with Our Odyssey? I first got connected with our Odyssey earlier on in the year when uh, COVID hit, and I was just like looking for ways to connect with others and, and specifically with others in chronic and rare disease communities, especially young adults. And it was through, I think, like a Nord newsletter that they were advertising or our Odyssey and these virtual meetups that they were having. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I decided to to check one out. And I've basically been a regular ever since and just trying to get as involved as I can. And uh, I'm a yoga teacher. And so that's one aspect that I bring is just that meditation and mindfulness and, and you know, mindful movement, which is such a big part of my life. 
and the meetups are so great like it like you said in the episode with Anna like it's so great to meet like-minded people and like you know people that have gone through similar things that you have because they just get it and and there's just so much of the converse like so much less explaining yourself that you have oh, to yeah. do if that makes sense <laughs> that's awesome yeah I'm so glad you were able to find that especially in such a huge time of need for everyone. Had you been a part of any sort of advocacy group slash support group or anything for the rare disease situation that you've been dealing with your entire life? Or was this kind of your first dip into meeting a bigger network? Well, for about like a two, three years now, I've been one like trying to breach the, the advocacy world and I feel like I've just, I've been a medical advocate for a big portion of my life. My mom has a similar debilitating disorder. So I've been, you know, a caregiver for a big part of my life. And so personally here, yeah, in the last three years, I've been, so I'm working on my own personal brands, uh, one of which is called Chronically Surviving, which is kind of similar to what our odyssey is which is like a collective basically like so I'm just trying so I was like I already had that goal in mind of you know finding a collective of like like people and connect with with these people and, and support each other right peer support and so I've been in a chronic pain groups I think that's most of the like I for some reason have been more advocating chronic pain but then it's not it's not in young adults it's I've mostly been doing you know advocacy for all ages really this was the first time I was connected with young adults and and it was such a unique experience and and such a needed one I didn't quite really grasp how needed it was until I actually went to like a few meetups and it just really re-sparked my passion in wanting to you know raise awareness and and, and advocate Yes. And I think that's such a powerful demographic to be on this odyssey, if you will. And I love what you guys are doing. And that's really exciting about your own thing. And I'll definitely make sure to connect it for our guests so they can find it. But I do also want to know about the rare diseases, more than one, that you are actually living with, Marcel. Yeah, I'm an overachiever. I can't just have one. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you're an overachiever. Where are you like, what What did I read about you? You were a like biomedical engineer? Yeah, I graduated as a biomedical engineer and worked in the corporate world in medical data management for a few years, actually, until I decided to redirect my life, mostly because of my symptoms were getting a lot worse, and I wasn't able to keep up that ridiculous lifestyle and decided to really focus on my personal brands. Well, that's great. It takes a lot to listen to yourself. So good job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was a really hard transition. I'm not going to lie, but it, I'm just so proud of myself that I, I did do that. And um, yeah, I'm way better off for it. Um, but yeah, so my conditions, well, I first got diagnosed, like one of my first diagnoses, major ones was a familial Mediterranean fever, which is a a rare genetic disorder and it's an auto-inflammatory disorder so it's kind of like an autoimmune disorder but it's mostly inflammatory and it's systemic so I have 
affects every part of my body. And FMF is, like a lot of our diseases, very different from one patient to the next. And it's been a long journey to get that diagnosis. Uh, but with that comes with like a cold urticaria, which is an anaphylactic allergy to the cold, which I think is like one of my coolest sort of topics to talk about because people are usually are oh yeah me too and don't really get that I'm not (laughs) I have never (laughs) heard of that symptom I had never heard of that rare disease either obviously it has such an exotic name but the anaphylactic cold situation is extremely new yeah and you know what's weird is like I know like five other people and that have it that are not in like the rare chronic disease community they're just like I know them from school or that was one of my first symptoms (laughs) so you know that was uh obviously an extreme one and a very different one really like and that's what first made us be like okay there is something really like serious going on here so yeah so there's that and then I have a connective tissue disorder and it's been diagnosed so far as hypermobility, yes, but we're not completely sure. (laughs) Um, And so I definitely fall under the category. It's just doing more genetic testing now. Um, And then I have narcolepsy with cataplexy, which is a rare neurological disorder that causes me to be extremely fatigued, kind of like chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, but I, the cataplexy part is is a little bit what's different is like I'm able like I fall asleep without much without notice, and it's usually triggered by uh, emotional stuff like either like you know it can be from like happiness like extreme happiness to extreme sadness like any extreme emotion can trigger it, and it's I basically like ragdoll I'm still. I'm still conscious like I can hear everything I just can't see and I can't move my body so it's a little scary but uh yeah so it's good because in the sense that I'm able to fall asleep whenever wherever within like (laughs) seconds which honestly I know is a really good thing so (laughs) that's the silver lining I love that you found the silver lining yeah definitely a silver lining (laughs) for sure but I sleep a lot so yeah that's comes with a territory yeah and then I have other like stuff like you know pots and I can never pronounce the whole full <laughs> name, word it's like postural tachycardic syndrome or something and and now and then I have mental health issues like anxiety and PTSD and and, and social anxiety as well and uh yeah so that's that's a little elevator talk about it. That is that is a list. That's a list that you could dive into separately for a while. For sure. Which one of these symptoms kind of affect you the most or at least most often because I bet they all affect you the most. Which one seems to have more of like an effect on your daily? Yeah, I have a lot of symptoms um but honestly, my most debilitating ones would be pain. Um, I have pain in all of my joints, not all my joints every day, um, but, you know, at least a few every day. And uh, and then I have other pain, like neurological pain and um, 
you know, I have migraines and stuff. So that pain sucks, <laughs> you know, and, and the fatigue, the fatigue is definitely because the, the fatigue affects my focus and your emotions. M- my, yes. Your mental oh my, health. I mean, yes. sleep num- numero uno. Yes. A hundred percent. And especially for me, because I'm like addicted to productivity. So uh, <laughs> laying low is not easy for me. Um, it's obviously become a lot easier because <laughs> I've had to, but yeah. Um, so yeah, pain and fatigue and nausea. I have a lot of nausea. Like, oh no. Yeah, a lot of nausea. Yeah. <sighs> is the nausea from all of those things combined or is it from maybe medications that you have to be on to help manage all of these or maybe both? I think it's a lot of things like the FMF really attacks my my GI quite severely. So I have like I'm constantly inflamed, inflamed in, in my GI and, you know, I have motility issues. So I think a lot of that is that. And then I think you like you said, I think it's just like my whole, my body is just like, I can't take all of this, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. just like, I'm nauseous and, you know, nausea tends to be kind of that way, right? It's like, because you're just not, your body's not feeling great. So when did all of this start showing up for you? It happened in stages. I've been sick to a certain degree my whole life, like from birth. I had a lot of complications when I was a young when I was an infant and and when I was a young child and then growing up I was just like that typical kid that was always sick and I just felt like I couldn't keep up with other kids or I found ways to to trick myself into believing I could keep up I was also like very academic so I think uh that helped right um and and I'm a bookworm so I've always been been you know that nerdy girl but uh growing up was hard because I grew up in a rural very rural town in northern Ontario oh yeah I'm from Canada (laughs) so the weather up there is not very ideal for (laughs) yeah 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 so that's why part of the reason why I moved to Toronto which is much more south it's one of the most southern part of Canada but yeah, so growing up in a rural setting, you know, how, I don't know how it is in the U.S. for rural, but I'm assuming it's pretty similar. Like it, it's access to healthcare is almost non-existent, right? Especially when it comes to rare diseases. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? And 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 with children and like, oh, yeah. you know, I probably had a hard time explaining myself and and all sorts of stuff, right? And and I mean like family family dynamics and like my parents uh, separated when I was a young kid and that happened for you know a few years and so like you know a lot of stuff was going on and I think a lot of uh, my illness fell on like swept under the rug my mom laughs because she's like you were that kid that like had a in huge fever and my mom was like begging me to stay home from school and I'm like no I'm going to school <laughs> so I think that had a lot to do with it too, because doctors maybe just, I don't know, I just, I brushed you off. Yeah. From a young age, I had a, I had an affinity yeah. for pushing through the pain. Sure. Yeah. And then when I became a teenager and, you know, getting more agency and, and, and I've always been in the medical world. Like I, I, my first job was at a doctor's office. So I started like at 14, I was at, in a doctor's office. So that allowed me to really like 
be like, oh, okay, so there's, you know, there's tests I can do, there's, there's something I can do about these things, and this is not normal. And then that's when I had narcolepsy, that's when my narcolepsy really started hitting. So that's when I started passing out for no reason, or what we called then passing out, what we know now is just me having cataplexy attacks. But that was just brushed off as stress because I was an overachiever at school. Mm. All of these seem like they're one of those invisible disabilities that people talk about all the time, right? Which probably was another reason nobody was listening to you. For sure. You know, I I personally believe that that women are treated differently, especially especially young women um, in, in the healthcare field. Like, I think there is still a stigma there that we got to work through, which is part of my advocacy role. Like, I want to change that or at least be part of helping that move along and 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 then I moved to Toronto and then that that's when the ball started rolling and then I di- it was like one diagnosis after the next like I feel like literally since I've been like 18 I've had like diagnosis after diagnosis after diagnosis and then re- like taking back diagnoses right saying like oh no wait we thought you had this but you don't mm. yeah which I'm sure you know is common for a lot of people in the rare disease and world uh mm-hmm. but yeah it's definitely an invisible type of illness. And I think it really helped that I, you know, I'm a biomedical engineer. I'm heavy in the in, in clinical medicine stuff. I, I'm fluent in their language, right? Like I get the doctor lingo and that's both helped me and also hurt me. Um, sure. sure. Yeah. The doctors can be a little bit arrogant uh, sometimes. Some of them, yes. Sometimes, yes. But that's why it's good to find the good ones. (laughs) Exactly, because there are plenty. Yeah, I found the good ones. Good. I love that you started kind of working in the medical field just for whatever reason. Maybe it was, you know, subconsciously, but it also probably allowed you to not only recognize that there were tests available, but that you could ask questions and you could make demands and you could go here and you could quit here and probably was a good foundation to let you know that you could keep going and get answers for yourself. That's right. And I think like a big part of it is realizing, okay, this is not normal. You know, we're not really a family that talks about, you know, the really vulnerable, you know, stuff like that, you know? And so it's like basically like tough it out, brush it off. And I think for me, one of the big drivers originally for going into medicine was both like, yeah, I think a subconscious passion that was lingering there, but also for my mom. You know, my mom is still undiagnosed as of today. And I think I really just wanted to answer for her. You know, I I, I wasn't ready because she had seen like so many doctors at that point that we were just like, that they like her and my, my stepdad gave up and they were just like, you know we'll never know. And I I wasn't like, I don't know, I just that never sat right with me. I needed answers for my mom. And ironically, or whatnot, me with my, you know, chronic and rare disease journey has helped my mom, you know, because any answer that I get is, is, is a little bit closer for her too. So, and also to have someone to talk to. So, you know, but she's not a young adult and she didn't have this when she was younger. And, you know, so there's a lot of things that are different. And you're her kid and you're the child and that's hard Uh. being a caregiver (laughs) and also kind of having to feel like you're switching roles a little bit isn't something that we should have to do as kids to our parents, right? It's just- You said it, definitely. I mean, that is something that could cause a myriad of 
extra issues, right? Of all the stuff you're already dealing with. Yeah. And then you managed to go to school and get this degree and, you know, continue. It's mind blowing. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm actually surprised I finished my undergrad, not gonna lie. It was rough. It it took me five years. Like I no, it took me six years. and, And that's fine. You know, Tell me about the shift when you were working as a biomedical engineer and you knew that it wasn't helping you and that you had to change something. But that was rough. It was, I remember that year like so distinctively and it was like not even Valentine's Day and and I love Valentine's Day. That's one thing. That, but, um, it wasn't even Valentine's Day and I was out of vacation days and sick days. And I had, it's not, I didn't take vacation. They were all sick days. It was a very corporate environment in the sense that I worked like 70 hour weeks and like major overtime, very stressful job, very high paced job. Um, I was manager, you know, the CFO's right hand man. So it was intense. And then I, you know, they weren't being accommodating whatsoever. They wouldn't let me work from home, which my job could very easily be done from home. And so I had to go on on short-term disability at first. I didn't have a diagnosis. So I was really scared. I was really scared that I'd have to f- be forced back to go to go back to work or or or, or quit or I you know that was a really uh, bleak time for me but I, I trudged on and and I, I I got the FMF diagnosis just in time for my long-term disability application it was like honestly the stars aligned and I'm so very lucky for that and um so that allowed me to go on long-term disability. And then once I was on long-term disability, I could breathe again. But then it was time to rebuild my life. I, I grieved a lot. I think, you know, I felt like, and I, I mean, I kind of still feel like that sometimes, but like that I had no, I have no value as a human being, you know? My family's a very professional family. So, you know, your job is who you are and, uh, yeah, things started to fall into place. I started to do yoga and it took me months. <laughs> you know, I did it because my doctors were telling me, have you tried meditation and yoga? <laughs> and I was like, fine, <laughs> I'll just do it. Honestly, it's been the best, 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 best thing in my life. Awesome. And yeah, it's honestly been like the gateway <laughs> drug, so to speak, to the community I have right now. And that's not only, uh, you know, the chronic, in rare disease community, but I met so many people in yoga training that are now my best friends. You know, one of my very best friends, Rebecca, has been a huge advocate for me. And, you know, seeing her advocate for me has been life-changing because I had never really experienced that before. (laughs) And she's a social worker, right? So that kind of helps. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but, you know, like now the people that are in my life just are very super supportive and, and yeah, I, I really feel like it was a blessing that I, I got out of the rat race, so to speak. And, and I'm not working those crazy hours and I'm an entrepreneur like I always wanted to be. I really firmly believe that when you start listening to your intuition, to those little whispers, to those moments where you're questioning where you're at or who you are or what you're doing, and if you start listening and taking 
teeny tiny small steps towards the direction of this voice that you're hearing that a path starts to become clear and it becomes tailored to you. And the people show up who are supposed to show up and the opportunities that show up are supposed to show up. And when you can listen and actually practice it, everything that you just said happens. And I know it happens because it's happened for me and it's happened for so many other people I know who listen. And it's incredible. It's incredible to see the fruits of your labor of just doing what you want to be doing and being who you want to be and living for yourself, right? Oh my God, I have shivers right now. Like, yes, yes, It's so true. Oh, I'm a firm believer in... Yeah, I'm a firm believer in intuition. Um, you know, I'm I'm an astro- <laughs> I'm not only a yoga teacher, but I'm an astrologer and I'm a tarot reader, regular practitioner. So I'm like, I'm very much a firm believer that your intuition is is so powerful and so magical. Like we have this, we have this all of us in inside, right? And we're all worthy of listening to this this voice, like you're saying. And yeah, it's true. It's like honestly, beautiful things happen when you do. And I, me too. I know so many people that when they they started listening to that voice, they just came into who they were meant to be. So you started your yoga teacher training, and then did you know right away that you kind of wanted to tailor your practice and your your job towards people in the rare disease community or the disabled community? It's interesting because originally I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one. I thought, or, you know, if I wasn't the only one, the other person's like halfway across the world or something, you know what I mean? But, um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to teach to the geriatric population because there's so many of those people. And don't get me wrong, like, elderly people are my people like me too (laughs) just oh I love 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 geriatric population so wise um but but then you know I started getting connected to to people in my in in my community and you know in the young and you know the young adults with rare diseases community and and realizing, wow, we actually are quite a few. <laughs> There's a lot of us. Yes. And and yes. and then I, from there, realized that there was such a huge, huge hole, gap, void in in the yoga and meditation community, for like professionals delivering, you know, classes in a safe, in 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 engaging manner for people with, you know, varied chronic or whether it's physical or mental health conditions and you know I was just listening to another podcast today about like some other yoga teacher trying to do that for you know intellectual disabilities and yeah you know like so yes I originally did not necessarily want to cater my like yoga teaching to to people like me because I didn't think there was anybody else like me but now that I found other people like me I, that's my jam. So yeah, that's definitely been my focus. Yeah, maybe, maybe you could also figure out a way to get some type of inclusion class in the yoga instructor training, you know, just a seed for later, especially since it's about reparative stuff too, right? And I mean, all of the stuff that one goes through with rare disease as a caregiver, as a patient, all of it, right? That stress level deserves some notice. Yeah. And, and, you know, just the magic of, of being able to, to 
like what yoga and meditation has given me in a nutshell is the ability to face the unknown you know and and do it with with courage resilience is what what's the product of that and i think that in, in the people in our community is just so they're just so resilient like i'm always in awe of how resilient people are in 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 our community and um but there's that so they definitely we all definitely deserve our space in the yoga and meditation community as well you know and and it starts with it starts with teaching definitely that's awesome and there are some accessible yoga teacher teacher trainings out there um and but those are like above and beyond right they're not standalones yeah for sure so are you working with our odyssey in any way to create right now some sort of online platform where you're having these meetups with the young adults right now or are you just joining in with our odyssey as a member of the community for support in general yeah right now it's just as a member of the community but i'm going i'm like i'm slowly getting more involved so in the near future i'm not we haven't set dates yet but i'm going to be doing topic specific meetup regarding like yoga meditation mindfulness so these meetups are like our our general meetups are just you know we don't really have an agenda it's just like you know whatever we feel like talking that day is what we talk about and but these uh, topic specific meetups are you know you know we'd have meetups that are specifically just to talk about yoga and and in then I would like lead them through a little bit of movement and and then just talk about it and answer people's questions. I'm also doing a mindfulness session for an organization called One Rare who that are doing like a virtual summer camp for young adults with chronic and rare diseases. So that's going to be super fun. And, and I know Anna is all, Anna and Seth uh, from our Odyssey are also doing sessions there. So, you know, we're showing up there as our Odyssey and hoping to help that, that organization, which is awesome. Uh, she's like, she's yes. kind of like you, I feel like a, a mom who has kids, you know, in, in the community and just finding a gap when you're transitioning from, from, childhood to adulthood that's very cool in terms of online content for you know yoga meditation for me on my website there's classes and in, in meditations and all free and what is your website marcel it's www.chroniclysurviving.com okay cool i think that this odyssey that you're on with the mindfulness and the yoga and you know all of the other types of energy healing stuff is a huge asset. And I think the rare disease and disability community is so lucky to have someone like you kind of implementing it in a different way and at all. And I think it's going to be really big, girl. And I think you're going to be really busy again. So <laughs> don't thank fall you. asleep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you so much. Honestly, that means the world to me. And and yeah, I, I really hope so. Because, you know, yoga and meditation has, you know, it, it's not healing me, right? I still have pain. It's just, it just changes your attitude. And a change of attitude often is a big deal. Yeah. And that's something that goes along with resilience, like you mentioned. The only way I think that you're able to even become resilient, even if it's at times, is because of that, right? It's because of learning that mindset or that attitude or paying attention. 
Yeah. And hopefully feeling empowered by it. Yes, totally. So what are you most excited about for the future of your company that you've started to build? Connecting with people, honestly, especially since (laughs) I've started with our Odyssey, every single meetup, it just gives me so, so much. And like, I never, ever could have imagined how fulfilling it is to, to be surrounded by by such a great community like ours. I feel the exact same way. And it's something I also found uh, through starting this podcast when I also felt so alone and like I was the only person feeling this way. Um, Yeah, this community is huge and the unity and the love in it is, it's not like anything else. You never know who's listening, Marcel. So whomever maybe hears your story about whichever diagnosis you have, or maybe it's your yoga, or maybe it's your astrology, which I'd like to make an appointment for, by the way. You never know who's listening. And if you get one person who emails you back, and even if they don't, but you changed something, the vibration is real. And I'm, I'm really happy that you connected with me today. Thanks a lot. Me too. I'm a firm believer in that too, Abby. Thank you so much. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you.